Is there enough German wine in your life? Aside from some of the most incredible Riesling on this earth, Germany is the third largest and one of the most acclaimed producers of Pinot Noir in the world. There, the grape is known as Spätburgunder. Discover more about German wine at GermanWineUSA.com or on social media at GermanWineUSA. This is a moment in wine and hip-hop. Brought to you by Crew Love. Blending wine and hip-hop at the highest level. Wine and hip-hop. Wine and music. Tell me about Check this out. Oh, yeah. You'll be the life of the party. Wine and hip-hop really mirrors the, the conversations that we have in my office about wine and music. Yeah, what's good, y'all? It's your man, Jermaine Showtime Stone, a.k.a. The Wolf of Wine, a.k.a. The Zara Vibes, a.k.a. Young Thanos. I'm just out here collecting Infinity Stones. I have someone that I am a huge fan of right now. We got Miss Vanessa Price in the building. How are you doing, Vanessa? I am so good. Thank you for having me. No, you're doing some amazing things. I, so this book that you got is kind of popping right now. What's what's going on with that? <laughs> you know, I don't even know, man. Like, um, you know, it's like you keep your head down on something so long and you you just you work and you grind and like you don't really you know what I mean? Like it's just your own little tiny world. And then um, somehow the world takes a bite out of it and it just sort of goes viral. And then you go, what? <laughs> <I don't> know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know. I don't even know. But it's been it's been cool to see it happen. That's for sure. Great. So if you guys don't know, Vanessa's book is Big Macs and Burgundy. Okay. Two of my favorite things, if y'all know me, you know, um, and it's just, it's, it's real world wine pairings. I think this is, it's awesome. You guys know me, you know, we stand for, obviously this is something that's connected to our heart that we had to have you on. So thank you for joining us. Um, but you know, before we get into the wine side of things, I'd love to introduce my hip hop fans to you. So to okay, do that, cool. we ask uh, our guests to we ask our guests who their rap spirit animal is. So if you could pick a rapper that embodies your style and your spirit, what what artist would that be? Cardi B. Ah, Cardi B. All She's day my now. queen. No, no. You can f with me if you wanted to. These expensive, these is red bottoms, these is bloody shoes. Hit the store, I can get them both. I don't wanna choose. And I'm quick, cutting also, don't get comfortable. Look, I don't dance now, I make money move. Say I don't gotta dance, I make money move. If I see you now speak, that means I don't I'm a boss who I work with. I make bloody moves. Now she says she gon' do what I'm She's my queen. You have no idea. Dude, she is the day she Instagrammed my book was the day that I was like, I can die now. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. Life is complete. No, there's nobody that like embodies to me more. Like she just refuses to to be put in any sort of box. You know what I mean? Like she she'll talk about politics she'll talk about art she'll talk about life she'll talk about her family like she knows you know she can be a good mother and she can be a sexy woman like she's just refuses to like let anyone put her in any sort of box and anytime people try she bucks and she always wins you know yeah she <laughs> she does always win it you don't want to mess with cardi you don't want to mess no. with cardi no. this is um so this is um the part of the show where i'd like throw some music in usually uh, what okay. what's one of your favorite what Cardi B song do you think we should throw in there? 
Ooh. Oh my gosh. You want me to like, it's like pick your favorite child. I don't even I know, know man. right? It, it's, it's the Sophie's <laughs> choice question. <laughs> I mean, nah. I mean, up is pretty, it's killing it right now. So I guess up you know, is we killing go, it right now. Yeah. Up is it, killing it right now. It so, is. I mean, it's, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because up is on the um, our trap, trap, trap playlist. Okay. <laughs> so okay. Okay. by the time this episode comes out, there will be a playlist to match that choice. So great pick. Amazing. Perfect. <laughs> but, you know, so we chopped it up a little bit um, when we were uh, putting the interview together. And you mentioned that you were you grew up on hip hop. So mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about some of the hip hop that you grew up on and the kind of impact that hip hop made on you? So I think one of the things that maybe, um, I, so where did you grow up? Can I ask where did you grow up? Yeah, where I grew up from? in the Bronx, New York. Okay. All right. So born in, born in New York. Same place okay, as Cardi. Cool. I know, right? <laughs> so one thing I think that surprises a lot of people, like um, when you meet people from the South, like um, we we kind of like, or at least I guess I could say like more white people, I guess, but like we grew up on country, but we also grew up on hip hop. Like they kind of like, they existed evenly you know what I mean it's like of course you've got rock and jazz and all the other genres but like um if you go to like a high school dance like nothing is going to be crazier than like when the latest hip-hop song comes on you know what I mean like it's just it's in everybody's blood um so you know I think one thing that's interesting is like when I moved to New York I realized I never realized how like regional hip-hop is in this country and like for us like I like southern hip-hop is very different um, like, yeah, of course, like we, you know, we had like the, the, the New York, the East coast, we had the West coast, you know, like everybody, of course, knows Jay-Z and Tupac, but like, you know what I mean? Like, like Southern rap, like we have radio stations that like, are like people that everybody else has never heard of, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. just, um, but like, you know, things like Nelly and Ludacris, like that was like everything to us growing up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I love, <laughs> honestly, I love listening to music in the South because I feel like the radio stations are so much more open. You know, they play they play a ton more stuff. So I know that era that you're talking about. That was that was a great time in life right there. <laughs> I mean, a little shimmy, shimmy, cocoa. I mean, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, there is a time that I could probably name every lyric on that on those albums. You know what I mean? It's just um, and then I don't hear Southern hip hop when I come up here that much. You know what I mean? And then when it, mm-hmm. I do like it gets made fun of sometimes. And like, I think that's so sad because like it's its own. You know what I mean? It's its own thing. But like there's a reason like Ludacris does like singles with like the what is it the florida georgia line country people you know what i mean those those genres like they really mix um a lot more in the south i think than they do other places definitely definitely yeah and luda luda (laughs) is like one of my one of my favorites like he's someone that's very versatile you know um i was doing an episode with a, a friend of mine michael jessen and Luda was his rap spirit animal. So, you know, that's 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 cool. my dog right there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you got to respect him. How long has he been? At, you know what I mean? Like he's been at it for so long and he's still just like whatever he seems to, you know, put his hand on, like, you know, it turns to gold. Exactly. He, again, he can go so many different ways. You got to respect a career like that, you know. So we brought you on mostly because mm-hmm. I really wanted to talk about this amazing book. Oh, thank now, you. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. I'd love to hear a little bit about what your inspiration was behind the book. Like, did you plan for it to be so visual as well as like contextual? Well, I'm, I'm a super visual person. Um, so I knew going in. So one of the things, the, so the, the, all the photography in the book um, was myself and my childhood best friend, Michelle McSwain. So shout out to Michelle. Uh, we've literally been riding the school bus together since we were seven and eight years old. Eating some um, of the foods that you guys were pairing with wine together. <laughs> Definitely eating those <laughs> foods. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, I grew up like we had Taco Bell at least a couple nights a week for dinner. So that's uh, that's literally how I grew up. But, um, you know, so I knew I wanted the book to be very visual. And that was one of the things. So I actually published it with Abrams. And I think one of the things that sold me early on, because there were a couple different big publishing houses bidding on the book, which was surreal to experience. But one of the reasons I wanted to go with Abrams was that uh, the editor who was pitching like us coming on board had been following me for a while. And she knew about like how visually important things are to me. And she said, I want you and Michelle to do the photography. And I was like, oh, great. I don't have to fight you on this. You know what I mean? Like, I want to write it, but I also want to shoot it. Um, and then the illustrations, those were all from the elephant in the room. Uh, and he and I were actually paired together in a, a column in New York Magazine, which is how the book like originally started. And then it just sort of, you know, evolved into what became the book. Um, so when I, I called, I, when I called him and said, Hey, I'm going to turn this thing into a book. You want to keep doing it? And he was like, hell yeah. So it was, <laughs> it was always meant to be a very like visually rich book, you know? Mm -hmm. Your layout is very approachable. You know, you, you really broke it down. Like first you, well, I don't want to talk too much about, I, you got to read the book to understand what she's talking <laughs> yeah, about. We're not going to give it all up. Get the book. But um, I love the way that you broke it down because you truly helped someone to understand their palate. And then you gave them some pointers on how to build their palate up, but you didn't leave it just to like high-end wine. Um, what was, why did you want to make it so approachable? Why was that something that, that you were so passionate about? So I, I did not grow up with wine culture. I did not grow up with, um, fancy dinners. Like I didn't even, I'd never heard of like a Michelin restaurant. Like, I, I mean, I knew about the tires. That was about, you know what I mean? And like, right? I, 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 I never understood stuff. how that, that came together. When I, I thought I was the only one that was bugged out by that. <laughs> well, it makes it, it was actually, it's a brilliant marketing campaign. Do you know the concept behind it? That you're, you're justifying like wearing your tires out to go drive to this restaurant. So it's like <laughs> crazy, you know, the, the form that it took on, but um, you know, I didn't know any of that stuff. Like literally like my parents didn't drink, um, until after I turned 21, like I, like it was crazy. And even then it would be just like, you know, a little beer and my grandparents never drank. And it's like, I just didn't grow up with fine dining culture. I didn't grow up with wine culture. I only got to know wine because I got a job at a winery in college, but it wasn't because I wanted to work at a winery. It was just because I needed to wait tables and make a little money. And it happened to like our schedules fit. And it just opened my eyes to a world that I never even knew existed. And like, you know, looking back now, it was a bunch of sweet wines and, you know, whatever, like, you know, it wasn't very serious wine, I guess you could say, but like it exposed me to the wine culture. And then when I moved to New York and I knew I wanted to get in the wine business and I didn't know what that meant, like I always felt like I was like fumbling along the way and kind of faking it till I made it because I didn't know, I didn't know anything. You know what I mean? Like I remember the first time I got, I got the opportunity to go to La Bernadette. I sat down and like, one dude took my fork and another dude brought me a spoon. And I was like, those are two different people that just did that. Like, what is it? Like, why you know? do I have three waiters? This is so That's cool. crazy. They so send like, you a little thing to put your purse on. You're like, oh, yeah, snap. exactly. It's like all these things that it's like, who knew life could be like this? So I, when I did get into the fine wine game and like, I started to actually, you know, do well for myself in the city and in the industry, I never, I guess, because I never came from that world, I never took it. So like, I take it seriously in the sense of wine is an art form inherently you know what I mean like we cannot take that away from it there's you know there's a soul to it there's an artistry to it there is a, a beautiful agricultural element to it you know there are all of these things and so not detracting from that but you can take wine seriously without taking yourself seriously and I think right. sometimes that's what kind of gets confused with the industry is like 
no, dude, we pop corks out of for a living. You know what I mean? We're taking a cork and pulling it out of a bottle. Like we can't take ourselves that seriously, right. you know? So like <laughs> we got to have the fun in it. And so I think when I, when I set out to sort of do this whole thing that became the column in the book, I just knew that I wanted it to be something that um, shared really useful, valid, technically correct, but also entertaining information in a format that didn't feel so like, hard to digest you know what i mean that's a yeah. bad pun but we're gonna go with it <laughs> <laughs> that's a sound you got some rap skills you know that's just what rappers do like rappers are just full of puns you know that's a big part of why i connect wine and hip-hop though because you know sommeliers tend to have sommeliers tend to know how to create great metaphor metaphors for people to mm -hmm. understand um what they're tasting um, mm -hmm. so no, I, I think you might, maybe we should think about a, a Big Max and Burgundy album. I don't know. You know, <laughs> let, let's, let's get some rappers involved and figure it out. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's like, it's amazing. Like how much like, like Jay-Z to me is, is simultaneously incredible, but also like, I want to, I want to like find him and say, stop rapping about wine. You're making it so expensive. Like every time he like <laughs> finds a beautiful wine, like Domaine du Jacques, right? You know, Domaine du Jacques, like yep. that was like a secret that wine people knew and they were like <laughs> moderately expensive, but they were like crazy expensive. But then like, he started talking about Domaine du Jacques and like, now they're like, you can't like, I would take the month's paycheck to buy a bottle. <laughs> like, JP, keep the secret, keep the secret inside. But like, it's incredible how like, how much he exposes, you know what I mean? Like, not just like, we always think about champagne when we think about hip hop, but like, he's gone so far beyond that in terms of talking about Bordeaux's and Burgundy's and Rhone's and Riesling's. Like, it's awesome. You know, it's it, it's integrated into the music and I love that. Yeah, I love Jay-Z for talking about that. I remember in my wine auction days, Jay-Z dropped, I, I wanna say this was maybe like 2006. Jay-Z dropped a line where he, um, one line and excuse me, miss, and he was saying, you know, probably some Gaia 9-6, Gaia 9-7. You know, first he mentioned that, and then he um, talked about drinking um, Petrus. So, you know, my young mind said, look, Jay-Z likes fine wine. We need to get him a catalog. And no one respected it at that time. They didn't quite understand. <laughs> Yo, just want to take a sec to give a big shout to my people at Wide Roots Imports. The role of a good wine importer is to tell the story of the land that the wines are from. Wide Roots does that in a very judgment-free way. They're an educational resource for people that are new to wine, and if I'm rocking with them, you know they keep some fire on deck. Right now, bringing in wines from Spain and Italy. For more info, go to widerootsllc.com now. Lo and behold, <laughs> you know, him and LVMH right now, you know? Like, mm -hmm. that that's a, a, a big crossover for hip-hop, especially looking at the the journey that um that jay-z had with uh with cristal like mm -hmm. what is your opinion on like what that means for wine and hip-hop culture i mean i think that i think that it's showing the world that wine should be taken just as seriously as spirits right like we think about like um uh, i don't know ciroc or cosmigos like all of these like celebrity brands that but they're always in like the distilled spirit game we don't really think about wine being in that same sort of like billion dollar game sort of, you know, like playing in that, you know, the big boy uh, sandbox. And I think that that deal just sort of shows that that wine can be just as serious from like a global perspective as 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 distilled spirit spirits can. And that makes me happy to see, you know, it's 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 really it's I always feel like wine kind of gets scooted by the wayside when it comes to those like serious business conversations. But 
Yeah. Um, leave it to it's, Jay-Z. <laughs> I know, right? He'll Jay, he's a hustler. He'll find a way. <laughs> yes, he will. Yes, he will. <laughs> he will find a way. Oh, man. Yeah. So I, I, I love that your book also, it doesn't just talk of, it, it's about all everyday pairings. You spoke a little bit about pairing it with some, some Netflix uh, mm-hmm. shows. Now, yeah. I'm interested because everyone always asks me, like, do a wine and hip hop pairing. I'm interested to to see what songs you think um, would be would would be a great option for a pairing. Ooh, that's a good one. It's just it's uh, well, fun to finally turn because this is the question that that I get all the time. Like I'm usually the pairing guy, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. so it's just it's great to to alleviate some of that pressure and you know find others that that do great pairings as well. Okay. So I guess if I was going to stick with my girl Cardi and we were just talking about up, then I would say like with that one, like I always try to find the theme, right? Like, so like if you look at like the Netflix episodes that I, that I chose, like, you know, you kind of pull something from that and find like a way to sort of, you know, talk about a wine. So like, and plus, you know, she's always got this sort of like, you know, erotic messaging, sort of like some more obvious, some less obvious, but like, I could imagine like seeing like a bottle of champagne get popped you know what I mean like with like the mm-hmm. court going up and the explosion like I can see there being a lot of synergy between that definitely and up. um if um if I was gonna do like I like it like that I would probably do something that's like got some like spicy flair to it like m- maybe a Spanish wine something that's mm. tempranillo based so that there's a yep. little bit of that spiciness behind it it makes you want to kind of move your hips a little bit while you're drinking it <laughs> um you know what I mean like I feel like um then with money I mean, we would just have to go like first growth Bordeaux, right? Like we would just have All to day. go like straight All to Obreon or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> give, give me, give me a couple minutes. I can probably like pair a whole catalog. I, mean, <laughs> I love it. I love it. You, you straight shooting them out, man. That, that's we gotta, we gotta really get you on one of our live things to get you, get you in front of the crowd. You know? Oh yeah, let's do it. We, <laughs> it would be so 100%. cool to do an event with you where like we're doing some dope wine, wine and food pairings. But you know, okay. we bring in like a cool DJ. You know, just make it, just make it Let's real fly. It. Just make you it real fly. You tell me when I'm there. You, you know, as <laughs> and soon, maybe one of these days it won't be through a screen. It'll be like I'm, human. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> as soon as this foolishness is all over, we got some stuff to do. Definitely. <laughs> I'm down. You tell me when I'm down. Oh man, do you? Is there anything that like, like, is there a meal that sparked the idea behind the book? Well, so the pairing that actually um, started this whole thing, like way back at the beginning. So um, when I was originally trying to get like get publications to like like magazines to take me seriously and want to consider me as a wine writer because I was trying to break into that game. Um, my upstairs neighbor, Adam, who became the co-writer on the book, Love and Forever, um, he's really big in the publishing, writing, editing game. And I knew nothing. You know, I was like the little grasshopper and he was teaching me how to write pitches so for anybody that doesn't know the way it works, whenever you want to get into writing, you 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 go to different publications and you say, hey, I have this idea. I could give you 600 words on it. And, you know, 99% of the time they say pass, but maybe <laughs> 1% of the time they say, okay, let's see what you can do with that. And um, when he was helping me sort of come up with some concepts, we started talking about like um, unexpected food and wine pairings. And I remember I said, I was like, well, the quintessential is fried chicken and champagne. And he was like, what are you talking about? Which is so funny to me. I don't know if you have this experience. So like, I feel like people that are like in the wine game, know, like fried chicken and champagne, like the end yeah. done best pairing ever. But people that aren't are like, really? You think, you know what I mean? It's like, they never want to. And then I'm a Kentucky girl. So like, I'm the biggest fried chicken snob you've ever met in your life. Mm. Um, And so like, I just, 
I don't know. I, I, I like was kind of like, you think that that's novel. That's so interesting, but okay, fine. Let's pitch it to New York magazine. And they, they responded the same way. They were just kind of like, huh, uh, <laughs> what other weird, you know, like everyday food and wine pairings. And it just sort of started from there. So I guess like, I would say fried chicken and champagne, just because it's the classic, it was the nexus for, um, like what became the column and then the book. And then also, I always feel like that pairing is very representative of me because, mm. you know, Kentucky's where I come from. Fried chicken something I grew up on. Like nothing will ever be better than my grandmother's cast iron skillet, like stovetop fried chicken. Right. Um, don't don't at me. Anybody want to battle? I'm bringing my grandma. <laughs> and, um, but then, you know, the world that I went to was working for the fine champagne houses and, you know, going to that other side of it. So like, I always feel like that pairing is sort of like a story of like the bookend of my life, you know? So I guess mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah. But I know that's an obvious one. We all know that one. <laughs> no, but you know what? I mean, I think you're totally right. Like, and, and it's also about like what champagne and what chicken, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways you can, you can attack it. Um, I, I, I love, um, I was thinking about your Cardi B pairing and because you went with champagne or something that pops, it would be cool to pair her with a, a German sect, you know, because you, you got Germans the sect, like to have a lot of and, sect and then you could say sect sells. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's true. It's so true. And more ironically, this is where I'm going to get wine geeky on you. Um, Germans are the largest consumers of sparkling wine in the world. They produce a ton of it, but we never see it in the market because they drink so much of it domestically <laughs> that they don't export it. So how crazy is that? Like Germans actually have a lot of sect. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's the clip. That's the tweet. Show's over. She it's just true. dropped the mic. It's true. <laughs> Listen, Vanessa, you are dropping bars all over this episode. I've had rappers that have dropped less bars than you. <laughs> well, you know what? I guess maybe if I if I thought about it for a second, but I'm sure if I start thinking about it, I'd get real awkward. So <laughs> I'll just keep, I'll keep letting it flow. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that is too funny. No, I love the um, uh, Lambrusco and peanut butter and jelly. Mm, like, but specifically Lambrusco and Mobile. Yes. Very important. Now, like basically... Sure. Is it cool to give people like a basic 101 pairing wine and food? Yeah, for sure. We can do that. So basically when you think about food and wine, um, you know, we always, I, I, when I say we, I think like the collective universe of people that like wine, but maybe don't know that much about wine is the we that I'm referring to. Um, I think we always kind of go, oh, food pairing, that's for like the fancy restaurants. But really all it is, is this idea that the wine may be good and the food may be good, but when you put that wine and that food together, the experience of both is elevated, right? And so it doesn't matter if that experience is, you know, sous vide pheasant loins or foie gras, or it's Cheetos or peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? Because don't tell me a good peanut butter and jelly sandwich isn't the best thing ever, you know? Um, so the idea behind any food and wine pairing at any level of like conversation that you want to have it is about the elements of the wine and the elements of the food working well together. So in wine, you have the four main elements are sugar, acid, tannin, and alcohol. And in the book, I kind of go into what each of these textural elements, you know, what effect it has on the palate and how to sort of start to discern which is which when you're tasting wine. And then on the food side, we, we sort of know, right, there's sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and this thing called umami or savory deliciousness. Um, and then we also have spiciness and fattiness. And then the way those two, the elements in the wine and the elements in the food work together can either elevate that experience or denigrate that experience, right? So like, it's the same way if you think about, if I gave you a piece of chocolate cake and then I said, oh, do you want some caramel sauce on top or do you want me to squeeze a lemon wedge on top? 
you you inherently know <laughs> yeah, i want the like, caramel sauce on top I, the idea of right. adding the lemon sounds terrible it's the same thing right so like now you've got that piece of chocolate cake and i say do you want this crisp sauvignon blanc which is a very citrusy dry wine or do you want this um oloroso sherry which is a very like caramelized mm -hmm. um, nutty oxidative wine it's the same thing it's no different right so like just being able to like transplant those concepts from food to wine and then figuring out the combinations that work well together yeah and sherry, thank you for bringing up sherry sherry is so slept on like that that's one sherry of my ain't favorites so scary, right man you know i listen she's dropping you drops you drop more <laughs> bars we are going to the studio after this. Well, that one's in, that one's in the book. So that one I told But it's true. Sherry ain't so scary. Because it, it, it is. It's like people either think it's like what your grandma drinks or they're like, I do not understand what's happening. So no, thank you. And it's like, it's not that bad. Really you know, actually. Shout, shout out to my man, Andre Mack. He he talks about um, how Frasier inspired him to drink wine. You know, and, and I didn't yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Frasier's always drinking Sherry. Like Frasier's my background show. So, okay. <laughs> you know, Which like, is like having he, a whole renaissance right now, by the way, Fraser's I'm like, telling you, it's having a renaissance. It's crazy. <laughs> pe people are stuck at home and they need background shows. Fraser's Fraser's like a soothing show. You know, it's something yeah. about it. He got that voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. This interesting. Is true. And he was always drinking Sherry. I didn't remember that. Okay. Yeah. He was always drinking Sherry. So shout, shout to my man, Fraser Crane, shout to Kelsey Grammer. You know, I don't know you in real life, but you know, You've definitely made some waves in the wine game. And so does Andre, does, does Andre Mack drink sherry or just inspired him to drink wine in general? No, just just Frazier inspired um, his wine journey. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Just, okay. you know. But would was, it be cool if he had like a sherry brand? I'm, look, it would go. <laughs> it, would it would go. go. That man has the, he's, he has the Midas touch. So if, if if he now does that, he's gonna need to give us the two percent, right? Look, you know he, <laughs> he knows I'm know. here for it. He knows I, I I will get out there, get in front of it, and help promote it for him all day. Like Andre, <laughs> if you listening to this, holla at your boy. Mm -hmm. There we go. <laughs> no, oh man, but um, no this this was really cool. I'm glad you were able to come on and talk some wine and hip hop pairings with us. I got That's one like last it. question for you. Okay. that that the people are always really interested in if you could chill and have a glass of wine with any rapper dead or alive who would it be i mean is it not obvious by this point in the show miss miss cardi <laughs> miss cardi b man i would just Yo, not a I'm glass gonna, i'm gonna reach out bottle. to cardi i'm gonna reach out to cardi <laughs> we need to get this all together asap so, you know, she, I paired her, her wrap snacks in the book. I saw that. I saw she that. She has a pairing in the book. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to blow yeah. that up. You know, shout to Master P and the whole wrap snacks thing. Mm -hmm. I, that when I saw that, crazy. When I saw that, I'm like, damn, this girl is digging deep. This book cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you something just to like, like how, like shout out to like what a success that whole like thing is. I was doing um, like a Zoom with um, this amazing group in Atlanta called the Brown Girls Wine Club. They're phenomenal. And I was like arranging this Zoom, but like I needed all, I, they're all in Atlanta. I'm in New York. I needed all of the wine to be delivered, the snacks to be delivered. And the order that I had gotten of the Cardi B, because that was like one of the pairings we were doing was the cheddar barbecue chips. Yeah. The Amazon order got canceled. So it's like, <sighs> sorry, it's out of stock. And I was like, what? So then I was like, all right, well, they've got to be like, you know, maybe they're at the Walmart or the Target or whatever. This poor kid that I had helping me in Atlanta, I had to send him. They're so popular that they will only allow you to have 
four bags at any location. And so he had to drive around to all these different Walmarts (laughs) to buy four bags. And then he said at two of the locations, they had hidden them behind other chips. So he was like digging behind the notorious (laughs) B.I.G. chips to find the Cardi B cheddar barbecue. So I was like, this is crazy. I was like, these people probably think we're crazy. So, but anyways, like that's a shout out to what a success those chips are. Like literally when you're trying to hunt them down, you cannot find them. (laughs) (laughs) It's so cool. Master P, man, you got to love him. You got to love him. Mm -hmm. He has pancakes now. He did did like, he did pancakes. He did, um, what else? Uh, I mean, obviously he has some sneakers, but he he's really going in on the food products. Master P is serious. He has a cereal. It's like Master P.O.'s or something like that. I'm, I'm mad at myself for missing this. What is What are the pancakes called? Um, You know, I forget. I'm going to send you a link. I'm okay, going to send cool. you a link, but it like has his face on it. He's yeah. as soon as the whole like Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben thing happened, Master P slid right in there. He's like, all right, well, this smart. is what we're going to do. So smart. <laughs> So definitely definitely uh man well vanessa thank you so much for joining us this oh, has been a pleasure. true thank honor <laughs> um i'm sure this is the the first of many times we'll be chopping it up i was um, gonna say this better only be the first <laughs> oh my gosh we we are listen soon as we as soon as we are talking event season mm-hmm. first call cool cool i'm looking <laughs> forward to it first call well thank you guys it's another episode of wine and hip-hop this your man wolf of wine signing off peace this was a moment in wine and hip-hop brought to you by crew love